I would like to read to us a portion of scripture I would like to talk to us from. Luke chapter 8, please. And I'll read the verses 19 to 21 only as a continuation of what Luke has been talking to us about concerning hearing the word of God. He reads, sorry, he, he writes, Then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain, which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. I'll read the last verse again. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. A very controversial statement. But if you please, I would like you to turn, just tell, tell the person sitting next to you, if you can, tell the person, if, you, if, there's, if there's no one around you, tell this to yourself. I have not come to admire. I have come to participate. If there's no one near you, just tell yourself, I have not come to admire. I have come to participate. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a shame to come so far only to admire and go back. You know, many people come to admire, but God wants us to become participants. God wants us to participate. What do we mean by this? In the UK, I'm sure we're all aware, there are, about, there are about four different classes. We have the underclass. We have the working class. We have the middle class. And we have the upper class. Beside this general classifications, if you go into families, you still see classes. <laughs> you go into any organization, you see classes. Basically, what I'm saying is that anywhere we have people, we tend to group ourselves according to some sort of class, which is quite Sad, but that is what is obtainable. That's what is available there. The passage we read here today concerns 
this class system which we just mentioned. That there are different classes and oftentimes those in the upper class now let me start with those in the lower class. When they do when they haven't any ceremony those in the upper class don't even hear about it. And don't even sometimes, to be blunt, don't even care about it. Whatever you do is up to you. But when the upper class is doing something, they publicize it. And you find everyone trying to, you know, have a look at what they're doing. They do beautiful things. They stage certain, I mean, beautiful ceremonies, organize certain things. And if it's being aired on TV, everybody will be glued to the TV watching what they're doing. Even if it's a baby dedication, everybody wants to watch it. Even if they're going to the cinema, everyone, everybody, everybody wants to see what they're doing. It's like their life teases people, but you can't be part of it. Just admire it. Just watch it and feel. Just watch it and feel. <laughs> and feel inferior. Just watch it and feel like you don't belong. Just watch it and feel like, why didn't I come to this family? Why didn't I also, you know, appear here? Why was I born on this side? Of life. That is what is available to us in our world. And because of this class system and because of what is there for us to see, in some way our minds are also conditioned to accept it. And we are always looking and admiring. But these people will never, ever, you know, welcome you and say, come and be part of this. They will just want to just look and see how well to do they are. To the extent that certain positions in life, if you don't belong to those upper classes, you can never get there. If you ever get there, then it is because someone, some way, somehow, just had mercy on you. Or you knew somebody who knows somebody, who knows someone else, and knows somebody, and knows somebody, and connected you. And then, and then you got there. And even when you are there, they don't see you as an equal. They see you as a statistic, you know, we at least had, we've had one of the, you know, working class group, you know, join us here. We have one of the underclass join us there. Our corporation is well balanced. That kind of thing. So you are just a statistic. And personally, I don't want to be there. I would rather be where I belong. God have mercy. 
It is this kind of understanding that I want to, or mindset that I want you to come to Luke 8, 19 to 21. Let's read it again. Then came to him his mother and brethren, and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. One more time, say to yourself, I have not come to admire, I have come to participate. We've not come this far just to admire. But we've come this far to be participants. Hallelujah. To be participants. Now you see, Jesus is teaching from what Luke tells us. Luke is, is completing this parable of the sower. And he adds this story which all the three evangelists add to their Gospels. That as Christ was teaching in a home in Capernaum, his mother and brethren come from Nazareth, which is about 40 miles journey, to see him, to visit him. So Jesus had biological family, right? So is that supposed to mean that Mary had other children after Jesus? Well, if you look at Matthew 13, Matthew 13, verse 53, we have mentioned, we have, we have, Praise God. Matthew 13, verse 53, please. Matthew 13, please. 13. I'm getting there. Right. And it came to pass that when he had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in the, in the synagogue in so much that they were astonished and said, Whence has this man, this wisdom, and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then has this man all these things? And they were offended. Offended? One from your own country has so much wisdom he is teaching, thinking that they will be proud that yes, they produce a preacher. No, they were offended. Because he had so much wisdom. 
He could do so much, so many mighty things. And they didn't like it. Why? Because we know him too well. How could someone that we know too well be doing that good? And Christ himself at one point would say, no prophet is really admired in his own country. The point we are making here is this, that Jesus had siblings. Jesus grew up in a family. Now the thing is, the, the debate is still open whether it was Mary's own children or it was Mary's sister's children. But whatever the case is, he grew up with them. I'm not going into that here. He had siblings he grew up with. Hello. The interesting thing you, we, would, and we, would, we would see is this. That these siblings, that's a, Jesus had siblings just as you and I have siblings. And you and me as Christians in our families, we have certain issues that we deal with. I mean, all the ups and downs that we, that we encounter in our families. Remember, Jesus had those same issues. Or would have those same issues. Where one is, you know, some squabbles here, quarrels here and there, misunderstanding here and there. He would have those issues too. But the Bible says in all these things, he was without sin. Hello. And guess what? In the manner, in the same manner that the people of his country did not believe, did, did not accept him, and were even offended that he has so much wisdom, so were his siblings too, his his brothers too. They did not really accept him. They did not really believe in him. John seven makes that very clear. John seven. In John seven. Actually, it says very, very clearly that they did not believe in him. They didn't believe him. Just in the same way that when you say that you are a Christian in your family, your people don't believe you. Verse 5. They don't believe you. Okay. It says... I'll take it from the verse 4. Or 3, sorry, 3. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, into Judea, sorry, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that, 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 that does anything in secret, and he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show thyself to the world. Verse 5. For neither did his brethren believe in him. They didn't believe in him. Hello? I think this is very encouraging to most of us here. That most of your family people, the people you live with, those you sleep on the same bed with, eat with, from the same pan, I mean, you do so many things at home with, they do not believe that really your Christianity is genuine. They hear you praying and they want you to stop. You talk about God, oh, come on, you keep quiet. What do you know? We know you. You've been living with you all these years. Are you going to preach to us? They don't believe you. So next time you have those kind of things at home, hey, 
Don't be discouraged. Because even Jesus, can you believe that? The Son of God, the Son of God, the Son of God, I mean God in human form is, 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 is in your family and you don't believe him. So where do you stand? Where do I stand? Even Christ, his family did not believe in him. They are ill and you want to pray for them. Mm. Mm. Pray for me. Hmm. All right, okay, all right. Yes. They don't even believe it. That you can't even pray for anything to happen. This is what it is. It's called family life. God have mercy. They didn't believe him. But you see, the thing is this. We look at the clothes you wear. We look at the way you talk, the things you do. You are just normal, just like us. How could you claim anything different? But this word, I like Nick, Nicodemus, came to Jesus at night in John 3, verse 2. And he said, we know, we know, hallelujah, we know that you are a teacher sent from God because no man can do these things that you do. We know. But hey, John wasn't a family member. John was an outsider. And that's always the case. So you see, we need to come to the place where we see those that we live with that are Christians as Christians. Amen? Amen. See them as people of God for who they are. Because here we have the Messiah. We have the Redeemer of the world. Living with them, growing up with with them, yet they don't believe him. So there is something, you are not in your family just for nothing. You are there for a reason. But they're not opening up to you to receive from you. Do we get a picture here? God have mercy. And I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. He says that from henceforth know we no man after the flesh. So we see, we don't, so, so coming into the faith, we don't know people after the faith. We don't consider their, 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 their physicality, their frailties, their weaknesses. Because oftentimes, we look at the weaknesses of someone. The way he sneezes. The way he coughs, the way he even laughs, he can't be a Christian, the way he laughs. He laughs without any, you know, without any, any sense of restraint and there is no class in the way he sneezes. And the way he talks, the jokes he makes, how could he be a real good Christian? God have mercy. And especially when they see you do the things that all human beings do. God have mercy. Hmm. It's called number two. When they see all those things, they say, oh no, you can't be. 
Then the verse 20 says, verse 20, Mark, sorry, Luke 8 verse 20. And it was told him by certain. It was told him. The question is, why they don't believe in him? Why have they come? That, that's the question I'm asking. Why have, you don't believe it. We understand you don't even believe it. Why is that? He is teaching 40 miles away from you. He's in Capernaum. You are in Nazareth. Why make that journey to him? Why come? You don't, have they come to listen to him? Have they come to hear him now? I want to submit to you, no. Because none of them believed in him, apart from Mary. The brethren didn't believe in him until after the resurrection. Then they became disciples. They didn't believe in him. until after. So why have they come? Verse 20 says, And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee. For what? Now watch this. He is teaching. He is teaching. He is in the, pro, he's in the midst of teaching people the word of God. Then here they come. They want to see him. And the scripture says that because of the press, because there were so many people in the house, they couldn't get in. So what happens? Word, word passes on. Jesus' mother and brother are here. Pastor will tell him. It goes on. Jesus' mother and brother are here. Jesus' mother and brother are here. Really? His mother and brother are here? Really? Oh, yeah, quickly, quickly. Jesus, your mother and your brethren are here. Very important message. Very important information. I'm teaching the gospel of the kingdom. But my mother and my brethren are here. You see, the attitude or the mindset that we have concerning the biological family is the same that has been revealed here. These people have had the same thing. I, I want to submit to you that the biological family has been overrated. The biological family has been overrated. Don't throw your stones here because I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't finished the sentence. Before you throw your stones, hold on. So, they don't believe him, yet they've come. But why have they come? For what Luke was doing, Luke does not tell us exactly why they've come. But Mark does. Mark, te Mark tells us in Mark 3. In Mark 3, when you read the Mark chapter 3 from the verse 13 to the 21, we understand that they came to Jesus because they heard something about him. They heard that he was not having enough time to even eat. Okay? First, first off, he goes to the mountain, spends all night in prayer. He comes down, no time to rest, selects disciples, still tired, and then ministry. People are still coming, so he's speaking. 
At some point, even when they run away, people chase them and he still ministers to them. They hear all that. And then they come to the conclusion. He is beside himself. Verse 21. Mark 13, verse 21. He is beside himself. He is beside himself. And when his friends heard of it, the, they went out to lay hold on him. For they said, he is beside himself. Now, these friends here are not friends as in uh, casual friends. He's talking about brethren. And they are the people that had come to him whilst he was teaching. So they've come to him not to just say hello and go back. They haven't come to really listen to him. They've come to take him away. Why? Because he's beside himself. He's not okay. Beside himself, meaning he's gone mad. They sound familiar. Hello, in your families. You go all out for Jesus, and they say, ah, 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 you, you've changed. You've changed. If it's the wife, you say, hey, I want the husband I married. You've changed. If it's the wife, you say, I want the wife I married. You've ch Since you knew this Jesus, from the time you came to know this Jesus, you, you, you've changed. I don't understand you. you I think you've... You're, your logic is gone. You've lost sense of logic. Everything you do seems irrational. It doesn't make sense. Sometimes you don't eat. And then sometimes I don't even know what you're doing. You've gone mental. You, 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 you're, gone, you, you're, gone, you, you're gone You're gone. crazy. You know, the family pleasures that we used to have, you, you are not joining them anymore. The things we, we all used to do together and feel happy. You don't join them anymore. Why is that? You know, you, you've changed. You've gone mad. I want my wife back. I want my husband back. I want my mother back. And sometimes if you're a child, I want that child back. I gave birth to you. I knew who you are. That, that place, you're not going there anymore because you've changed ever since you, you, you went to, to join those people. Your mind is changed. They've taken over your mind. They've brainwashed you. Ah, that's a good one. They, they don't want to use. They've brainwashed you. You are no longer what you used to be. But Paul says something here. Paul says something here. Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. Paul says, if, if we are, for whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. You didn't hear that. Paul says, if we be, bes that means, that means it was not only Jesus who was told he is beside himself. You get a picture. That means the apostles also had the same experiences. That, hey, you guys are beside yourselves. You guys are taking this thing over. I know about Christianity, but the way you are doing your Christianity, it is too much. Come on. You're going to pray all night. You come back to select disciples and you are still ministering and casting out devils. And, the, and now the, the Pharisees come and they say, well, he is casting out the devils by Beelzebub. Ah, it might be true. Because you see, it is said that too much of, 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 of everything is bad. You see, too much of this God thing 
has got him crazy now. And now look at him. But hey, Paul says, if we look like we are mad, it is unto who? God. If we look like we are out of our senses, it is unto God. Now if you come to Acts chapter 26, in Acts 26, something happened there. Paul is talking to Festus. Acts 26, verse 24 and 25. Paul is defending himself before Festus. But as, as Paul is defending himself, he is not just talking about him. He is still preaching the, the gospel. After he's spoken for some time, Festus goes, Paul, much knowledge. He says, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning has made thee mad. Too much learning, Paul, has made you mad. You are, you are, you are, Paul, you are crazy. The things you are talking about, you are too much. Spiritual things, spiritual that and all that. Come on, Paul. Chill. Be real. We are talking about life and you are talking about the Bible. We are, we are talking about what we need to do and you are saying, God, God. Everything, God, 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 God. But the Bible says that in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. That means everything begins with God and ends with God. The Bible says he's the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha means the beginning and Omega means the end. He's the beginning and the end. Everything begins in him and ends in him. And Paul says, if we are besides ourselves, if we look at we are mad, it is to God. Hallelujah. So the next time you are told, you change. Yes, I have changed. Christ changed me. The next time we tell you you are mental, say, whoa, that is, that is, that, that is a kingdom life. Hallelujah. In the kingdom of God, the world, has, the, world the kingdom of of God is different from the kingdom of the world. So the kingdom of this world does not understand. And the Bible says that the natural man does not understand the things of, 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 of God. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. He doesn't understand them. And they look weird. They look too much. Why? We used to go to, you know, all the places and do some jiggles here and there. Now it's all become church, 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 church. You're going crazy. Hey, Paul says, if we are beside ourselves, if we look like we are mad, it is to God. So they've come. They've come not to hear him. Hello. The word of God is coming out, but they've not come to hear him. No, they're not interested. They've got their own agenda, and the agenda was to take him away, and it was a good agenda, right? Humanly speaking, it was good. They were coming to take him to a safe place, where at least he can rest and have some food and revive. So the argument that will be given to you from family, it will not be a bad idea. But the question is, is it of God? Because in the same way, when Jesus told the disciples he was going to die, what did Peter do? Peter said, no way. I rebuke you, Jesus. 
You will not die. Who will kill you? No. And they just turned around and, said, and, tell, and told him, you Satan, get behind me. You're not able to distinguish between the things of God and the things of the, of the devil. But the world can't. So the world will present something. It looks so nice. Oh, you know, today don't go. Just lie in here and just rest your soul and just dress your body. Let me minister to your body. And God is saying, I needed you to minister to your spirit. Time of prayer. Oh, you, but you prayed on Monday, you prayed on Tuesday, prayed on Wednesday, prayed on Thursday. So this Friday, if you don't pray, if, do you think God will judge you? You, you? you think about that. If God is such a loving God, would he really judge you? No, he won't judge you. He wouldn't even condemn you. It's the things I am missing out. That is the issue. I'm on a I have a purpose here on this earth. I'm on an assignment here on this earth. And my, in, and, and my assignment requires that I hear from God on a daily basis. You see, my talking to God is not a statistical calculation. Hello? Our relationship with God is not a statistical, it's not subject to statistical analysis. You read on Monday, read on Tuesday, read on Wednesday, read on Thursday. So if you don't read on Friday, what happens? Would God be mad? No, God won't be mad. But what is this? Is this? My relationship, my, my relationship with God is not subject to a statistical analysis. Well, we are drawing the graph. I did it today. And only one I missed out. It's not about that. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God wants us to understand something here. God wants us to understand some, 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 something here. That when you get these things and you will get them, and I'm sure mo most of us can really even identify with this, that family will not side with you. Family, family who are also not into the kingdom will really not understand and will not agree with you. I would wonder why all these things. So they've not come. They've not come to visit him or, or to hear him. They've come to take him away into a, a place where he can rest and eat. It was a good idea. But the truth is, he had come. He was sharing the gospel of the kingdom. Now, let's listen to his reply. Verse 21. He says, he says, and he answered and said unto them, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God. So as they were coming, Jesus, your mother and father, he, as he was passing on secretly, finally until it got to him, he made it public. So everyone heard it. Mother heard it. Brothers heard it. Everybody in the group heard it. My mother and my brethren are those, are these who hear the word of God. And do it. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. They are the ones who hear the word of God. And do it. This is what he's saying here. To us. Is he being rude? To his mother? Is he saying here. That once you come 
to serve me. Have no regard for your biological family. Is that what he's saying here? No. Because at the cross, at the cross, something happened. Whilst he was on the cross, whilst in pain, he turned to John and said, John, your mother. Turn to mother and said, mother, your son. And Bible says from that time, John took mother Mary home. And, and John took care of Mary. Indicating that Christ Jesus was concerned, was so concerned about, about biological mother. So what, what was he saying here? What was he saying here? What he was saying to the crowd was this. Crowd, you've come. You see, you are admiring my biological family. But I have come to make you all here in me. I have come to make you participants of my spiritual family. Hallelujah. Whilst you are so much, cons- you know, this biological family has gone so much into your head. But I wanted to understand, once you have come, you are admiring my, f- oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus' family. Oh, wonderful. At one time in John, Jesus Christ was preaching and then a woman shouted, ah, oh, Blessed are the pups that gave, you know, that gave you milk. Basically, blessed are the, are the breasts that really gave you milk when you were very younger. Yes, Mary is blessed. Mary is blessed. But Jesus Christ said, blessed. He, he replied to the woman and said, hey, blessed are you who hear the word of God. So he was saying that, yes, biological family. And I understand that. But I have come, I have come to raise a spiritual family. I have come to raise a spiritual family. Number one, understand, I am God. And I am also fully man. So Jesus is a God man. He's fully God, he's fully man. Why? Because he's God in human body, in human human flesh. Remember, Jesus, <laughs> who, would you tr- who would you trace his pedigree to? Who would you trace his, 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 his pedigree to? Because the Bible says that he was conceived of the Holy Ghost in the womb. If he is God, the Bible says that God is spirit. God is spirit. God is spirit. So if God is spirit... And he has a family. What family will that be? And he has a biological family. But is that why he came to, to, to earth? He can only be born by one woman. And he has been born by Mary. And that's, and, that, and, that, and, and, that, and that's fine. But I came to raise a spiritual family. And what is that family, that's, that, that, that spiritual family like? That spiritual fa- family are those who hear the word of God and do it. So you see, I have not come so that you will admire how wonderful my family is. Ah, how, how I wish I was in Jesus' family when he was growing up. No, don't wish it. Because those who were there didn't even believe him. Ah, I wish I was a mother that gave birth to God bless you. But Mary believed. Hallelujah. 
Mary was a believer from the beginning. He said, let it be unto me according to your word. Let it be unto me according to your word. Mary was a believer from the very beginning. So when he said, my family are those who hear the word of God and do it. If there's any inclusion, Mary was part of it. Hallelujah. Mary was part of it. The agenda is not so much to just stick to the biological family, but to make sure that the biological family become the spiritual family of Christ. Hallelujah. That's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. The biological family is not the end. It's been overrated. God wants us to try and help the, 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 biological, the biological family transition to become the family of the spiritual family of Christ. What that means is people who are hearing the word of God and doing it. Hearers of the word and doers of the word. That's the goal. You see, he was conceived of the spirit. He was conceived of the spirit. And those, also, those of us that become the family of, the spiritual family of, of Christ, the Bible says that we are also born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We get born again, not by going through our mother's womb, but we get born again by the Holy Spirit entering us, changing our hearts, taking away the heart of stone and putting in a heart of flesh. We are, we are changed on the inside. Hallelujah. That is the work. That is what he came to do. That we are changed on the inside. And we become hearers and doers of the word. Hearers and doers, and doers of God's word. We are changed. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are changed and transformed. God is merciful. Praise God. You see, it's not about, it's not about, you know, the things you have a Bible, I have a big Bible. Fine. You may, you may have a big Bible. That's very good. Keep it and, and read it. But what matters is that you are hearing and doing. There is nothing material that we associate with, that makes us the spiritual, that makes us part of the spiritual family of, of Christ. Christ came to raise a spiritual family called the kingdom of God. He came to raise it. And he doesn't want us to just be admirers. Oh, Mary was wonderful. No, he wants you to be a participant of his family. He wants you to, you see, unlike the world, unlike the upper class group, that just does things, they just dazzle you and you, will, and you will admire, 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 admire. And sometimes they'll be eating all the, all, the, all the nice, nice things and your mouth will be watering but nothing will go in. But Christ wants you to be part of the feast. He wants, he, he wants us to partake, be part of it. Oh, come on. He, he, he doesn't just want you to just, oh, I know Jesus. No, no. He doesn't want you to just know him. 
Should I I tell you something? He wants to be so close. He wants to be so close to you that nothing else is as close as him. John 14 verse verse 23. He wants to be so close to you. He wants to be in you and you in him. He wants us to participate in his life. You see, when you are in a biological family, you, you don't get, get into people. Only the husband and, and wife become one, one flesh, really. But the rest of us, we are just dancing around. But hey, in the spiritual family of Christ, you actually become intimate with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, If any man love me, he will keep my words. Hello? He will do what? Keep my words. The same thing. And my father will do what? Love him. And what will happen? We will come unto him and do what? Make our abode in him. In him. Hello? Make our abode in him. So basically, we we, we will come and make our abode in anyone who hears our word and keeps it. He wants to be that intimate. He wants to be that closer to you. He wants you to really feel the family life. So what you are saying to the people is, is this. Hey guys, my mother and brethren are those who are hearing my word, the word of God, and, and doing it. Basically, I have come to make you also. You are calling my attention to my biological family. But I'm calling your attention to the fact that I have come to call you into my family. It looks so great in your eyes. It looks so marvelous to you. But from now on, do not admire. I want, if you admire, it looks so special to you. But I want, I'm calling you into that same special place. I want to have you, I want, I want you and me to be that intimate, that, that close. Oh, John understood this. John, John got this concept. John got this t- teaching so clear. So in 1 John 3, 1. In 1 John 3, 1, John says, What manner of love, what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children or sons of God or children of the living God. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of the living God. Therefore, the world knows us not. Did you, did you see, see that? The world knows us not because it knew him not. So once you get into him, the world doesn't understand you any, anymore. And he will conclude you are mad. But you see, when the world concludes you, that your mind has changed, you are no longer sensible, you become foolish, you be, say, hey, thank, I'm glad you've given me a witness that I'm in the kingdom. Hallelujah. You've confirmed that indeed I'm in the kingdom. Because if you had not said that, then it means I'm still the old silly guy. Sorry. But hey, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. 
I'm changed. What manner of love the Father has shown unto you that you, hallelujah, you who have said yes to Christ, the Bible says you become a child of the living God. Hallelujah. You are no longer Papa so and so's son. You are no longer Mrs. So and so's daughter or whatever. You are now a child of the living God. God is your father. You are in the family, in the kingdom of God. Christ is yours. Christ belongs to you. When you say Heavenly Father, hallelujah, he's all it. Like a father looks down and listens to a son. He's full of love for you. He cares for you. Every heartbeat he hears, say, Father, I am sick. Said, I will heal you. Yes, I am broke. Said, I will lift you up. I will sustain you. He said, fear thou not. I will help thee. I will lift you up. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. He said, I am so down. He said, yes, I am the lifter up of your head. God, your father. At one point, he told the disciples, I go to my father and your father. And at the very beginning, when he was teaching them how, how to pray, he said, when you come to pray, don't just say God. Say, our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Not on earth, but who art in heaven. Spiritual Father. He came to turn our attention, you know, move us. Yes. The more you, the more you are into the, into the spiritual family, you realize that the more your love for the biological family grows and the more your care and your attention because in the spiritual family you will develop kindness you will develop integrity you will develop love patience gentleness meekness and where would you show all this in the biological family you see so we got it all wrong we think that by focusing on the, on the biological family, we, we, we are really doing, but he says, no, 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 no. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek to be ingrained in my spiritual family. I, I want to be in you and you in, you in me. I want to, you know, I want to live life through you. I want to, I want to live through you. word means if you need to understand that please go back to last week's message what a hearing means so you hear my word not just listening in the moment but all that period hearing it giving yourself to it making sure it doesn't slip from your hands keeping it maintaining it in your in your in your heart and in your mind and then doing it what does doing God's word means do the word of God do the word of God means that your heart becomes tender. Hallelujah. Doing God's word, doing God's word means that from, from now on, your heart has become very tender. 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 A tender heart trembles as God's word. That means whatever God says, says yes. 
Now the song that we sang this, uh, this, this morning, my soul says yes. Whatever you will, whatever you command, wherever you guide, wherever you lead, I will follow. Whatever your command leads me, I will go. David, David understood this. And then he said, if my mother and father forsake me, Psalm 27, if my mother and father forsake me, God will have me. Basically, what that means is, if every family, if every biological family has forsaken you, I want, to under, I want, I want you to understand this, this morning, that Jesus, Jesus, his hands are open to you and say, hey, I'm offering you family. I have, I'm available. Because some people, you see, biological families do forsake other people. Sometimes they can say, you are no longer my son. Some can say, you are no longer my father. They abandon each other. But Christ said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never abandon you. Your care is my utmost responsibility. Your well-being, Christ says, hey, I have you in the palms of my hands. You are the apple of my eye. I was thinking about that scripture some time ago. Apple of, apple of your eye. I thought, I thought what, is, what is apple of your eye? When I was a bit younger, what is the apple of your eye? Apple. I was thinking of the, of, the, of the fruit, apple. Apple of my eye. Later on, when I grew up a, li a little bit, then I understood that the apple of your eye was that black thing in there. Then I realized that when someone wants to poke his eye there, you quickly close. Ah! Hallelujah! Praise God! Hey! He said, you are the apple of my eye. That means I'm so much caring for you, nurturing you, holding you, nursing you. I'm, I, I, have got, I have got you. I have got you in my... Just trust me. Just believe me. Just open up your heart to me and the rest is on me. Apple of my eye. I will let no one touch you. Just open up your heart unto me. Just hear my word and keep it. Consume my word. Read it. Listen to it. Study it. Give yourself to it. And I will do the rest. Don't just don't just know about the biological family of Jesus and don't just admire it. He says, I want you to be a partaker of my spiritual family. And you do that by becoming a hearer of my word. And becoming a doer. That is someone who acts on my word. You act on it. You take action on my word. When I say love, you love. 
when I say be patient, you, you, you practice patience. When I say gentle, you practice gentleness. When I say long-suffering, that is, you bear with people for long. those children of God bring many children to God the Father Mary and, and his siblings and Jesus siblings alone are not the reason why he came to earth so as you know about them don't just admire but he wants us to become participants in his family where we practice it This morning you are hearing me. Whether on YouTube or whatever means you are hearing me. And you know that you don't know Jesus. You've heard about him. But you cannot say he is your, you are in his family. You cannot say that he lives in you and you are living in him. You can't say you are one with him. This afternoon, his hands are open to you. He says, all I'm asking you is to believe in me. That I have come to save you. I've come to take away your sin. Wipe away your tears. Wipe away, take, take away the sorrow and the, and the pain. I've come to give you life. I've come to give you a new beginning. I've come to press the reset button that you start all over again. It's not over. It's not over. So there's still more. There's still more to be done in your life. More to live for. This morning or this afternoon, you want to rise up and say, Lord Jesus, I turn my life to you. Forgive me. Welcome him into your heart. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Become the Lord over my life. Have the controlling influence over, over my life. I want to serve you. And you, and you be my Lord. Pray this prayer. Write to us. Or call us. And we'll help you in your growth in the Lord. You are here in this house right now. You say, I've been hearing the word of God, but, but I don't know Jesus. The 
same goes for you. You want to rise up on your feet and talk to him? Just, just, just talk to him. Talk to him and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you. I thank you that you came to call me to become part of your spiritual family. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to pray for people. You are here. You are ill in some part of your body. I want you to place your hand wherever you are not well. Trust God. He said he sent for his word. And he healed their diseases. In the name of Jesus. Receive the healing you've been waiting for. Receive that healing. Ah. That broken heart be mended. That wound be healed. That sorrowful heart turn into joy. That skin disease, that skin rush be healed. Recover fully. That pain be gone. Now, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Oh, yes. The pain that you can't discuss. The pain in the groin. You can't talk about it. The Lord heal you right now. Receive your healing. Be restored. For he came to save. And to save you completely. Maybe you are here. Your birthday fell between last Monday and today. You want to come for us so we can pray with you. If your birthday fell between last Monday and today, we want to pray with you. Father, we thank you. The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes out from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful.